plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. You are Locked On Seahawks, your daily Seattle Seahawks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Seahawks podcast. I am Grant Goldberg, joined today, as always, by Spike Friedman. How are you doing, Spike? I am doing great, although for whatever reason, I just had this thought that I tweeted out that the Washington Wizards are simultaneously the most and least interesting team in the NBA, and I really want to talk about it, but this is a Seahawks podcast, so I'm not going to. So I'm going to stuff all of my Washington Wizards-related hot takes right down into the deepest nether regions of my body so we can focus on what matters, and that's bi-week Seahawks football talk. Right, because we're coming off the bye week and really this is the podcast about nothing. We have to like <laughs> drum up stuff to talk about out of thin air. So, yeah. I mean, if you have... I'll let you drop one thing about the Washington Wizards. If that's fine with our listeners, we'll see you in the reviews yeah. later on. I just... Uh, well, it's, it's even just to pull on this thread is a nightmare, but I was looking at it, it, it. There's just like a clear number one team in the NBA this year. There are five clear challengers. And then there's the wizards who are the clear seventh best team in the league. And then like a bunch of like young and frisky teams. And the wizards live in this like liminal space between the young and frisky teams and the real challengers to the warriors throne. And that makes them like potentially like the most upwardly mobile team. Like if they get it to get together, they can move up. They could just be, like, a young and frisky team that's a little old. Like, there's, like, a lot that could happen. But, like, at the end of the day, who cares? They're not going to beat the Warriors. Like, that's right, exactly. Crazy. Like, they're, like, a piece or two away from, like, actually being contenders. You but have they're John maxed Wall out. And you have yeah. Bradley Beal and you have all these bad contracts. You just you just gave $100 million to Otto Porter. So you're, you, you're kind of strapped, strapped for cash. So yeah. if they're able to make some moves and and really swing some pieces around and that but can make can. a really fun team and they can't so yeah uh, and John Wall <laughs> I just want to be clear like John Wall is my favorite player to watch live like he is unbelievable like he's so fast I just love the way he moves down the court oh and the, in the playoffs it. he was he was awesome but yeah oh. if if the if the Wizards were able to they they can't but if they were able to make a trade that'd be great and. The Seahawks in a couple weeks is the trade deadline. Are in positions to make a particular trade? Well, two uh, if we're if we're going to count the Joe Thomas rumors that we're starting up again. But yeah. they can make a move for Dwayne Brown. But I'm wondering, do they do they push for say Martavis Bryant, or is there another person that I'm omitting? There isn't really anything other than offensive line help that would make any sense for the Seahawks, like barring an injury. And they don't really have any sort of want away veterans or guys who they should move on from. There isn't that guy on the roster with the exception of, and I'll say this, Jeremy Lane, like Jeremy Lane is, 
He's got the groin injury right now, and he's not a necessary piece. I saw something that, like, Justin Coleman, according to PFF, has, like, a sub-60 passer rating against on, it was, like, 54 or something. Like, his passer rating against is really low, so he's playing great. Keel is playing great. Sherman is... No one talks about Sherman. Everyone's like, oh, the Jags have the best cornerbacks in the league, and they have the best cornerback pairing in the league. But Richard Sherman's playing better than either of those corners. So I don't know. I don't know. Like, Jeremy Lane is the one piece I can see moving the other direction. And coming in, the only thing we can really use is offensive line help. Everything else, I mean, I'd take Martavis Bryant, but everything else is a unnecessary addition in the big scheme of things. That's Great, it's very... I was just going to say, it's really overkill at, at this point in other position groups. Because we touched on this, and, and, and you said, and I, I think it's true, that the Seahawks have a top 10 position group everywhere in the NFL except the offensive line. And so yeah. that's really the, the area that really needs to be addressed. It has been an issue throughout, I want to say all of time, but I'm just being dramatic. <laughs> Because back in like oh yeah. five, oh six, those years, like that offensive line would like punch you in the face and like dominate games. And Okung and Unger, you know, in twenty twelve, twenty thirteen, you had two Pro Bowlers on the line, right? And then and, Oak- and then and J- Breno wasn't bad. James Carpenter, when he was healthy, wasn't terrible. He got called in some holding plays and false starts, but he wasn't terrible. But I feel like the narrative has really pushed that the Seahawks offensive line has been horrid throughout all of time so i'm i'm just speaking in seahawks twitter hyperbole like always and so yeah i just think offensive line you need to address the left tackle position and maybe the right guard position i mean right yeah too but i mean Fetty's playing okay no Fetty, but like again like you can't in the middle of the season, like, go out and do that. I don't think it's unrealistic. Like, although this season has seen more trades at, like, weird moments than any other time in NFL history, a lot of that is the fact that there was just the one cut down. And so that changed a lot of roster dynamics in the preseason and first couple weeks of the year. There isn't a similar seismic shift in policy that should affect the trade deadline. And... There aren't, like, I can't think of a team out there that's like, well, we're just dripping, we're just dripping off decent offensive linemen, uh, and we don't need them, so here come get them, with the exception of the Cleveland Browns, so we might as well <laughs> just spend, spend a minute to restoke Joe Thomas rumors, or anyone else. I believe Joel Batonio is still on that line. Just, if the Browns would find it in their heart, to send us an offensive lineman, you know, it'd be great. It'd be great. That's yeah, all I'm saying. I, I think I think well out of every position on the offensive line, I mean there's there's been turnover in in a little bit of them, but the left tackle it's been unsure because you have Odiambo who's been dealing with injuries and after after George Fant was already out. So if there's a position that's really in flux, it's always been the left tackle position for the Seahawks. So yeah. they can go out and sign a Brandon Albert, or they can go out and trade for Dwayne Brown. The asking price is going to be high for Brown. So it, you can you can try and package Jeremy Lane and a pick and, and hope that's what the Houston Texans want. But in all likelihood, it's probably going to be more than that for Dwayne Brown. He didn't... Wait, was the stat that he didn't allow a sack last year? 
Uh, yeah, but like, you know, who knows what that's all about. Yeah, <laughs> but I, yeah, I, no, he didn't. He was like, I like, like, I just assume that that is, uh, that that's impossible for a left tackle to not uh, allow a sack based on what I've seen this year, where I'm like, oh my God, Rizzo Diombo only allowed two sacks this game. Look at how <laughs> well he played. Like, it's just impossible that that's true. Uh, I'll also say, like, George Fant, like, we lost our left tackle for the year in the preseason. Like, we're we're in a hole there that is real, and also I imagine, Imagine the team is still slating Fant in to play next year. So again, it's like, can you find that rental? Can you find that one-year deal? Can you find that opportunity to get a guy to come in for this season and make an impact? I think the team is happy with Afedi. Afedi's been all right recently. I don't, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. And, like, who knows? Who knows? Anything's possible. John Schneider's great. You know, I, I, just, I believe. I just, I just want to see John Schneider put on another WWE Championship belt while he's shirtless, because that's yeah. one of my all-time favorite pictures in the world. Uh, All right. No. So I think yeah. another conversation worth having is, I mean, something that we don't talk about a lot yeah. is the practice squad. So yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna really dive deep. Here. Yeah, we're this, we're this was deep my for request. You guys. This was to get weird. <laughs> And we're gonna uh, uh, can I can I just read off the current practice squad for Please the Lockdown Seahawks listeners at home? Not only for the listeners, but admittedly for me too, a little bit. All right, so we've got at quarterback Trevon Boykin out of TCU. We've got at running back Mike Davis out of South Carolina. We just added at linebacker Josh Forrest out of uh, Football Powerhouse Kentucky. Uh, you got Joey Hunt also out of TCU. Joseph Jones, a linebacker out of Northwestern, who I had not heard of until right now. Akeem King, a third-year player out of San Jose State at cornerback. David Moore, wide receiver out of East Central Oklahoma. Tyvis Powell, who's been on and off of the practice squad. And I think it's gotten – I think he was on the main roster last year for a minute. He, he was out of on Ohio the State. for a minute. Yeah, he's been – but he, he was uh, – yeah, he's been all over the place. Uh, he's at Ohio State. Then you got Tyrone Swoops, tight end, former quarterback out of Texas, and Mike Tyson, not the boxer, but the cornerback we drafted out of Cincinnati. And so, Grant, uh, you're going to pick one. I'm going to pick one. We're just going to talk. Who do you think out of those guys could make an impact this year, and who do you think is going to be the one of those guys who we see making an impact in future years, sort of like a Deshaun Shedd, someone like that? Well, right off the bat, and I will touch on this, like you said, the Jaguars have, like, they could have the best cornerback duo in the league right now, but I think the Seahawks might yeah. have the best cornerback name duo on their practice squad alone, yeah. Keem King and Mike Tyson. Yeah. Like, come on, man. Like, that's pretty cool. But uh, really a, a guy that could really be put into the spotlight this year, I mean, this is bar, this is like the worst case scenario for the Seahawks. Oh, man. Say hey, Russell Wilson goes day. down, say Austin uh, Davis stinks it up, or he goes down no. too. Who are you going to? It's probably not going to be Colin Kaepernick. So you go with Chavon Boykin. And uh, he was uh, shaky at best in the preseason. And so. I don't think the the impact could be positive, but Ugh. it could definitely be a negative impact. It's definitely an impact. It's it's an impact, Ugh. and it's going to be big. 
So uh, g- give me your thoughts on a potential Seahawks yeah, team led by uh, Trevon Boykin. Uh, I hate it. I hate. I mean, like we saw glimpses of Boykin last year, and he's just doesn't command the like he he's not great. He's just not great. Like Russell Wilson, still among some people, has this reputation as like not a pocket passer or something stupid. Like Russell Wilson is a complete quarterback. He was an incredibly accurate deep ball thrower. He does a lot of really really good things. Uh, obviously, he's literally Russell Wilson. Trevon Boykin can't fill that role. Trevon Boykin is not as good as Brett Hundley. Trevon Boykin is like, he's not a backup caliber quarterback. It is a catastrophe if he plays even one snap for the Seahawks this year. It was a catastrophe last year when we just like threw him into the fire against San Francisco. That wasn't great. It's like nail-biting every time he drops back. He's not Dak Prescott. We don't have like a hero sitting on our practice squad at quarterback. We can't. Come on. Come on. Why do you do this? Why do I, you just, make I just wanted to ruffle your feathers a little bit. Uh, all right. Well, I'm going to say this year in terms of guys who can make an impact this year, we've already lost Chris Carson for the year. Correct. Eddie Lacy has been okay. Thomas Rolls has been okay. I like them both. But. Mike Davis looked really good preseason. He's a 24-year-old. He's got – this is his third year in the NFL, but he doesn't have a lot of tread on his tires or vice versa. He still has a lot of tread on his tires. He uh, hasn't been used very much from a tire size perspective. And uh, he is a really good runner based on preseason. And preseason can be misleading, but you think about – I don't know. I was listening to the MMQB podcast this morning, and they were talking about some guys who popped in the preseason at running back and then had great careers later on, guys like Willie Parker, guys like Fred Jackson. And so Mike Davis, to me, seems like the sort of guy who could have a positive impact on the Seahawks this year if another running back injury comes down the line and we got to promote him up. I think that that also affects the trade talk conversation because as we saw with Adrian Peterson, there are some crowded backfields out there. And some overpriced veteran running backs. And if one of those guys is on the block to get dealt, you might think of the Seahawks as a potential landing spot with Carson out for the year. But with someone like Mike Davis on the practice squad capable of getting first team reps if needed, I think that changes that equation and makes him someone whom we might be able to rely on in a situation where we need to. Right. And, um, I'll, I'll let you uh, reel off for another couple of minutes, and, and I want to hear your pick for a future impact, like a Deshaun Strad role for the Seahawks. Well, for me, it's uh, it's the it's the tight end position, Tyron Swoops. I mean, we know that Jimmy Graham is not locked up long-term. We don't know what the team's plans are around him, but if the Seahawks can replicate his production, which has been good but not great, with lower priced options or guys under their rookie contracts, guys like Nick Vanett, guys, you know, Luke Wilson. And then you add in a dynamic athlete like Tyrone Swoops, who is being transitioned into the position and has the capacity to be a really fast, really capable, really smart ball winning tight end. For me, that's like a huge win for the team. And when you look at this roster going forward, A, there's lots of guys who are going to need extensions in the next couple of years. So if you can save money at the tight end position, huge advantage. 
And if you start to, I mean, like Pete, Pete will never do this. He's the win forever guy. But if you start to say, oh, our window's closing, we got to push all in and get that offensive lineman, you know, and you can save $10 million at the tight end position, well, then all of a sudden you can reallocate that money to bring in an outside option at one of the O-line positions. So to me, Swoops is the guy who has the trajectory, the athleticism, and the potential opening on the team where I'm like, that guy, we could be hearing about him. He could be real good for us. And he's young, and he's new to the position, and like, yeah, I don't know. I like him. I like him. Who's yours? Who do you got? Who well, do you got? Initially, it was I was thinking of you know offensive line, and you you brought up the point of a lot of guys making well needing contract extensions, and a guy who just got one was Justin Britt. So yeah, so I was initially going to go with Joey Hunt. He's the longest tenured player on there, along with Trevon Boykin and Tavis Powell, and with the Seahawks, it's, I should say. Yeah, and uh, he's natural center and. He, he's familiar with the team, so I could just see them bringing him up organically through the practice squad and kind of, you know, climbing up the ranks a little bit. But you brought up a very good, well, a very good point in everybody needing contract extensions, and it looks like Britt is their guy of their future. And so uh, I do like t- uh, Tyrone Swoops, and I was thinking how valuable Luke Wilson is kind of yeah. in the blocking game a little bit. And also, you know, being able to stretch the field in a seam route or, you know, catching a pass in the flat and then taking it, you know, eight, eight or nine yards and using that athletic ability and using that speed and to have someone that can be a ball winner like a Jeremy Graham type but also have the speed of, say, a Luke Wilson, you know, that's what you kind of get in the best-case scenario with, with swoops. So um, I'm going to piggyback off of you and say that potentially – he could have a, a yeah. great impact on the Seahawks. Yeah, and with a year on the practice squad, it really is the sort of development path you want. You bring up the blocking, something Graham's never been great at. We don't know what type of blocker Swoops is at all. We have no idea because he played quarterback. And <laughs> so, the and like, I mean, like, I, I can't remember if he – I remember him only playing quarterback at Texas. I don't know if they – tried to convert him as a senior or something to tight end. But even if he did have one year of tight end, no, he, uh, yeah, he didn't. So, okay, I'm all, I'm going to double this up. A, I'm going to say a year of learning how to block the position is going to be crucial for him. B, let's get weird. We know that we don't love Trevon Boykin. Right. Hey, Tyrone Swoops, you know, like bring him up and play quarterback. Or, beyond that, he can fill that Tanner McAvoy trick play slot on the roster as a guy we know can throw the deep ball and maybe won't throw a pick into double coverage if, you know, a trick play is called to him. So, I, you know, I'm talking myself in. Swoops. Swoops is the future, man. He can swoop it, in on Tanner McAvoy's roster spot. Oh, for for as hot as it take for as hot as it take that was, I had to come with the cold bucket of water and just throw oh, it on there. Oh man, that's hard to hear out loud. Yeah, well, sometimes the low hanging fruit's there for a reason. Yeah. Woo! I mean, good thing we didn't talk about Josh Forrest because that could have gotten pretty bad pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> or or Mike Tyson. So, yeah, Mike Tyson. I mean, uh, Mike Tyson's obviously interesting because they drafted a defensive back, and anytime the Seahawks do that, you're like, oh, that guy could end up being spectacular. Uh, you know, 
who are some defensive backs the Seahawks have drafted late in drafts? Well, Cam Chancellor, Richard Sherman. You know, like it yeah, could, so. like like Mike Tyson, I would not write off. Uh, but the fact that they, you know, they've got Tedrick Thompson, they've got Delano Hill, and those guys are on the roster getting those special team snaps now. Mike Tyson's got a real uphill battle if he's going to even make the roster. And he's going to have to make that special team's impact before he's going to get the chance to prove himself on the field. Also, the fact that they traded for Justin Coleman said he wasn't ready this year. So, you know, uh, yeah, I think it's and I I just I just like to get familiar with these names, because as we saw last week, a guy can come right in off the practice squad and get make an impact. So, you know, uh, and another and and the last thing I want to bring up is. He's not on the practice squad, which is weird, and I guess they were scared that he was going to get signed away. But Jordan Roos, who's just been hanging out on the back end of the roster all year for the Seahawks, he's a guy who hopefully can develop into something. They love him in Seattle, and I I don't know. I don't know. You know, it's well, a, it's... He, he seems a little undersized right now. I mean, at 6'3", he plays inside, so I guess that's a little covered up. He's... A big guy. He's three hundred and two pounds, and uh, yeah, he's a yeah. rookie. So I mean, like you said, he's he's kind of stashed away on the on the on the big team roster. But uh, at the same time, you know, he's getting those reps, and they're kind of molding him and, and getting him assimilated, and uh, kind of just training him up. So hopefully, you know, that materializes into something, and uh, we eventually see Jordan Roos in the Pro Bowl for the Seahawks or in the Super Bowl. Uh, win the game with the Seahawks. So Yeah, he's sort of he's sort of this year's George Fant in that way, in terms of what they've talked about with him being an undrafted free agent. Uh, I still don't know. You know, and also like the team seems very long at guard and I don't think Jordan Roos um is gonna play tackle, so uh yeah, I don't know. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's 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 a mess. It's it's it'd be an uphill battle for Roos as well to uh make an impact within you know this year or even next year i'd say so it's a really i wouldn't say boring time but like i said we have to materialize stuff out of thin air but i want to put that responsibility on you the listener so what we're gonna do instead of uh using our brains to come up with something we're gonna put that on you guys so we're going to ask you to send us over some questions that we can answer on tomorrow's show. We're going to do a Seahawks mailbag, a Locked on Seahawks mailbag. Yeah. So what you need to do is head over to our Twitter. It's at Locked Seahawks. And uh, just whatever you can come up with in 140 characters, send it our way. Hopefully it's not too weird. And yeah. uh, maybe your question will be on no. the show. Maybe no, I'm be. sorry. Backing off that. Hopefully it is too weird. I want to be clear that we we're in the bye week, man. I want questions that you're like, this is too weird. All right, now I'm going to ask it. You know, I or or it doesn't have to be too weird. But I, I look, Grant doesn't want too weird. If you want it to be too weird, at me and Lock Seahawks. I'm at Spike Friedman, and make sure because I'll make sure to to get it in there. Even if Grant tries to censor you, tries to keep it off the show. I'm here for the weird little guy to get our to get your weirdest Seahawks questions on the air. I don't know what those are going to be. I could really regret this. Don't, you know, make or do make me regret this. Make me regret this or don't, but do. 
All right, so <laughs> Sorry. I don't even know how to how to get out of that, but <laughs> I I'm not you guys being too weird, but my co-host is just going <laughs> off the wall right now. So I don't even know what to do right now, except to just like, sit in silence and like think about what just happened. Pull it together, Grant. Me wow. pull it together. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll pull it together if you do, and uh, I'll try. I'll try. <laughs> yeah, Todd. try. We'll, we'll, we'll uh, <laughs> fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. <laughs> but uh, while while you're on Twitter and uh, you're you're tweeting away our questions, open up another tab or a different uh, window on your laptop or an app on your phone, and and go to iTunes and and yeah. leave a five star review on our podcast, and you can be entered to win. A Pro Football Focus Edge membership. It's valued at forty dollars. I know that you don't really want to spend it when you don't have to, especially in things like pertaining to sports. And so, it'd be nice to have something like that in your life. Something like that where it's not the weird stuff that Spike's saying, and it's stuff that's easy to understand. It'll make you sound smart, smarter than <laughs> smarter than Spike just did right now. So, Disagree. I think. Uh, look, I'm not backing down. Get right. weird with your questions. What is the weirdest question you've got? Get it in here. Come on. All right. Now, now he sounds like a wise guy in a mafia movie. But come on. Hey, forget about it. All hey, right. we're talking Seahawks here. Yes, yeah, the Locked On Seahawks. All right. So yeah, I'm signing off <laughs> yeah. for the Locked On Seahawks. Good. Good. I'm Grant Goldberg. I- I'm Spike Friedman. Uh, yeah, be sure to get weird on Twitter. And yeah, I'm sorry, guys. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst.